Välkommen till Freuds Toolbox, skolans inspirationspodd med fokus på känslor, relationer, lärande och ledarskap. Tillsammans med Kenneth Freud får du inspireras av och lära av nationellt och internationellt ledande experter på evidensbaserat lärande och ledarskap. Hi everyone. Today we will talk about uh, metacognition in our classrooms and our guest today she is really well known in Sweden for her work with reading development, reading comprehension and her books on reading powers and writing powers. So therefore she's also considered at least I consider her an expert in metacognition. That's why I invited her. So it's a privilege to welcome Adrian Gear. Hi, nice Hi. to you be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I know from experience when you visited my school in Sweden as well and from reading your books that you work quite a lot with metacognition and also in, in getting our, the students to write about it actually. But what, what, what or a broad first question then, what does it mean for you to, to work with metacognition in the classroom? How, how can you do that? Do you have any sort of general strategies to? Well, I think, I think one of the things that for me over the years, kind of working with students in metacognition, one of the really key principles about bringing metacognition into the classroom classroom is linking it to some language. And I think, you know, when when we, the, the general uh, sort of outline of, of metacognition is think about your thinking. Yeah. That's sort of the catchphrase that many teachers kind of spill out when someone says, what's metacognition? But but for me, it, it's it's a bit more layered. Yes, you need to think about your thinking. Yeah. But until you know that you need to think about your thinking, you yeah. can't think about your thinking. No, that's true. So, so for me, the beginning of metacognition or, or bringing metacognition into the classroom yeah. is building awareness, right? Yeah. Talking to, to kids openly about when you are reading, you are reading the words but you also need to be thinking about the words. So, and, and, and you've heard me talk about this quite a lot, but when I talk about reading skills, it's when, when I'm speaking to children, it's book reading and brain reading. And those are two really important parts of being a reader that we need to merge together when we've got a book in our hand or a screen in front of us. It's being able to read the words and the thinking that you're doing simultaneously. So that's how you you know you bring this idea of awareness of thinking. Once yeah. students understand that awareness, once they have it, oh yeah, I need to I need to think, then we need to provide them with some language. Yeah. Because 
it's hard for kids to talk about their thinking. You know, a lot of times you say to a student, you know, what did you think of this book? Oh, I really liked it. It was fun. <laughs> or, you know, they, they yeah. don't have the vocabulary to really talk about thinking. So for me, when I'm, you know, sort of bringing metacognition or suggesting how do you do it in a classroom, first it's awareness. Yeah. Then it's building the strategies and then it's giving students opportunity to talk about their thinking. And over the last sort of several years, I, I really have been interested in the idea of, of oral language and yeah. how oral language and talking has a huge um, relevant connection to this idea of building metacognition. Yes, it's one it's one thing to have that voice in your head yeah. to then be able to say, I liked this book because I yeah. was connecting with it or I was curious all the time I was reading it. So building the, the vocabulary of um, the strategies. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long answer. Yeah. So can you make them? Uh, I talked uh, some weeks ago with Jon Hatte, and he, he wanted not just metacognition, he wanted to hear students talk about their thinking in the classroom from many perspectives. Uh, he thought that was so important, as also as a face, maybe, as you say. But how can you make them? How can you sort of uh, show their thinking in the classroom in different ways then? So, so that is really kind of connected to what I was just talking yeah. about, like giving them the vocabulary yeah. and not just kind of saying, well, you know, connect like the strategies of thinking that mm -hmm. I talk about in my reading power book um, all come from, you know, significant research, um, David yeah. Pearson in the night, late 1990s, who really looked at what what does a good reader, how does a good reader think about text yeah. or how does a good reader um, find meaning in a story that they're reading? And so his research did, um, determined certain strategies that we can use. So making a connection, asking a question, creating a visual image. So one of the th question um, inferring and and synthesizing and so what i really promote when i'm talking to teachers is we have to make thinking visible we can't just assume that kids you know we can say oh you need to think about the book or you need to think about this no. but thinking is very abstract yeah, it's an abstract sure. concept it's not a tangible And so what we want to be able to do in a classroom is create a tangible, you know, this is what thinking looks like. This is what it sounds like. These are the words you use. And so it's a lot of um, the teacher taking on that role of, of it, explicit instruction in strategies of thinking and modeling and them you know, using the language in the classroom when they're reading a book, for example, 
um, that is going to be the, the most significant sort of spillover to the kids. If I'm sharing a book and saying, I'm reading this book, I'm doing the book reading, but I'm also showing you what my brain reading yeah. sounds like, looks like, and then just giving kids that insight into, you know, that, that uh, putting thinking at the forefront of our conversations. Oh, that's very good. I'm also thinking, I mean, the concept of when you're learning, you need to help your brain sort of uh, get uh, get the knowledge from the long-term memory. Uh, sometimes yes. that is that is at low level, just easy stuff, but you need to have sort of complex thoughts and also bring them back to have an ideas around that. So... So again, it's, it's all, so one of the things that I really um, feel that we need to do with, with our students is just simplify big concepts. And so when we, when, when exactly what you're talking about, how do we move them past that, just that kind of literal content? Because in school, there's this mis- misguided sort of idea that, especially for, you know, for me, I'm, I've been teaching a long time. And when I was a student, the misconception is that when we learn, we take information in, we yeah. memorize it, and then we give it back. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I went to school. That's how yeah. I got through mm. high school. It was all like memorizing information and giving it back to the teacher and that was how we represented our knowledge but as the years have gone through and we started looking more and more into how do we help kids really find meaning in what they're learning and it's so interesting that you talked about short-term memory versus the long-term memory and I'm fascinated with that concept because what happens, and I've experienced this, and probably you have too, thinking back on, you know, when we used to study for an exam. Yeah. And how I did that was I wrote everything in really tiny printing on recipe cards. Yeah. And then I stayed up all night memorizing all the knowledge. Yeah. And then I would go into the exam And I would write the exam, knowing, walking out of the exam, knowing that I passed because pretty much I I had memorized everything. But the minute you walk out of the exam room, it all disappears. Like literally it's gone. Someone can say, oh, what was your exam on? Literally, I have no idea. And what's fascinating about that is that The reason it doesn't stay in our brains is that we have only put it into our short-term memory. It's gone into the short-term, but it has, there's nothing that makes it stick. And if you're not sticking the content into your brain, of course it's going to go. So how do we help students now with doing more than just memorizing and regurgitating content it that that cannot be 
what we're what we're helping our students doing to do. No. Of course, you can probably do both. So to do memory retrieval, but do it more more spaced, and then to yes. take the metacognition to it as part of it. So exactly. Yeah. So when I'm talking to students, the content, of course, is important. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're in school. We have to yeah. learn. This is all information that we need to be learning. Yeah. But the content isn't the end. The no. content is the beginning. Yeah, true. So you you do extract the content. Yeah. Now all the information is here in front of you. Yeah. It's not then your job to memorize it and give it back. It's your job to take that content and start adding your thinking into it so that what you're doing, and when you add thinking, and I say this to kids, when as soon as you add your thinking into the text, what you're doing is you're giving your brain the glue. Yeah, true. You're helping that information actually stick. Yeah. And as soon as uh, someone has a fact and adds a layer of glue of thinking, that fact goes into your long-term memory yeah. because you've you've done something to make it stick. And so what, when we think about what we want our students to be actually gaining from the content they're learning, that's the most important thing. Don't just retell it to me. I always say to the students, I've read it. I, like, I don't need you to tell me what was in it. It's right here in front of me. But yeah. what I don't know is what you're thinking about that content. That is what's going to give you the glue to make sense of the text or make sense of the the, the facts. Yeah. So it's, again, it's just being very um, transparent about what's happening. And even when I'm talking to, you know, 11 and 12 year olds, I'll say, if you memorize this and give it back to me and you don't add any glue in a week, yeah. you won't remember it. So it's not, it's not. And, and the thing is, I don't, it's not the point that we want to remember it, but the point is when you add the glue, you're, you're making meaning out of it. You're not just memorizing a fact and then it's disappearing. No, no, You're you use the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's constructing meaning. It's yeah. constructivism yeah. when you take information and you put your thinking into it. Yeah. So I really want kids to understand that concept. Yeah. Right. What what is metacognition? It's yeah. adding glue <laughs> to yeah. the facts with your, you know, your thinking becomes that little bit of glue. Yeah. But at the same time, that is also like a, a nice part of, of memory retrieval. I mean, if you do it after some time and you use the facts with the glue, then so to speak, so exactly. then you use like metacognition as a memory retrieval technique at a higher level. Then it's a perfect way of doing it. Yeah. It brings you that 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 depth of the knowledge with your with your understanding and that will of course help it be more meaningful yeah and it will also help you remember it 
for yeah. sure it yeah. will so would you do any differences what we're talking about now do you think that is general for any subject that you can do it as being teacher wherever absolutely so what was really interesting about you know me developing reading power yeah. with strategies that david pearson's research uh, highlighted connecting, visualizing. And so for many years, I referred to those strategies as I called it reading power, but it's yeah. it was really comprehension strategies when you read. Yeah. But then over the years of recognizing that those those strategies, those comprehension tools really help students develop meaning from text, I started realizing that, like, wait a minute, when you, you can make a connection when you're reading a book, obviously, that's going to help you understand the book. But what if we take those reading strategies, and kind of open them up into thinking strategies, like, I connect when I read a book, but I also connect when I'm talking to you. I connect when I'm watching a movie. I connect when I'm reading a newspaper article yeah. or, you know, watching the news, I mean. And so all of a sudden, it's like those strategies that I refer to as reading strategies yeah. are actually metacognition think strategies, thinking yeah, they're strategies. Thinking, they're yeah. thinking strategies. Yeah. And so it's like, we can use those strategies to make sense of anything, right? So how do we then, so it was, it was, it was nice in a way for me to be able to say to students who knew reading power strategies, connecting, questioning, visualizing, wait a minute, why don't we use these when we're doing math, when we're doing our science experiment? when we are learning about history in social studies. These, these strategies are ways that we can deepen our understanding. And it's not just grounded in a book. We can open it and use, use them all the time. And so what I love is teachers who have grasped that idea. They're not just using them when they've got a book in their hand, they're using that language of thinking all the time in the classroom. Yeah. And the more we use that language, then the more, you know, that it's likely that the kids will start using it. Yeah. And they will get tools, tools for learning in, in any subject then. Like yeah. a general tool. Even yeah. How we yeah. think about our content. Yeah. Right. True. It's not just like, don't give me the memorized facts. That's our starting point. So one of the things that I do with with um, you know, when I'm when I'm teaching is I call it the what so what. Yeah. The what is this is the facts and the knowledge and the content, but now we have to add our thinking to it. So this yeah. is the what, and then the so what is so what am I what do I think about that? So it's just a nice, simple kind of ex way of having kids recognize fact, react, you know, yeah, kind of true. idea. Yeah. 
I think this actually is a, a very good start because in, in this series of talks, there will be more talks about metacognition. And this is, I love this because it's really concrete and really good for, for every teacher, I would say. So I think we will, you, you can end up anything you like to end or talk with, but I would like to end with a, a teaser that it will come around the table talks around metacognition. Uh, yeah, after the summer yeah i would so you know i'm i'm looking at it right from a teacher's lens yeah. in a classroom and one of the things that i'm i always want to focus on is let's make this let's set the kids up for success and yeah. when you set them up for success it has to be explicit it has to have language and and uh, you know like a vis like I'm quite a visual learner yeah. so what I like to do is kind of you know have a visual like this is what thinking looks like yeah um and just be really out front with them and I think um once students grasp that concept it it's just so it's amazing to watch what happens right when they start actually thinking and using metacognitive language in the classroom yeah. like it's 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 amazing so i would love to continue the conversation but then maybe from yeah having... then we do it from a multi-professional perspective exactly. but uh, with this base yeah yeah exactly yeah. have yeah. different lenses uh yeah. how, you know how it works but yeah. um i think we most most professionals are metacognitive like that we're using these strategies all the time but i think that the maybe slight difference is some people aren't aware no true of what's what their brain is doing their brain is so wired to be constructive yeah. that it's hard to kind of pinpoint how that all works and so yeah. what i'm doing for students young students is i'm breaking it all down to yeah. and and just one last thing that's kind of interesting so i am in the beginning of using these reading power strategies and all of these ideas it was in my mind that my job as a teacher was to give students these strategies but what i realize now is most people have those strategies already in their heads right? Most yeah. kids know how to make a connection, ask a question, visualize. But so what we're doing is we're not giving them a strategy. We're just helping them to identify it and mm. give it a word yeah. so that they can use it. And I think that's kind of a, an interesting little shift. It, you know, adults have this naturally, right? Strong readers yeah. naturally use these strategies true but now we're just kind of making it very concrete yeah for them, mm. for helping our yeah. students find the tools there exactly yeah. pay attention yeah? yeah pay attention to your thinking i always say that what does thinking look like what does yeah. it sound like so yeah true. okay thank you so much adrian gear i'm looking forward to see you again Thank you so course. much. I've enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to um, continuing it.